It was not because of our intellect or our abilities, but it was all because of his grace. And we believe that even in 2016, the same God that sustained us in 2015 will be there in 2016. Amen. How many believe that God is faithful? Amen. He has been very, very faithful to us. And that is why we really, really owe him a gratitude. Amen. And even if 2015 wasn't such a great year in your space, just remember that sometime God might be building you towards something. Amen. Amen. Normally, the clay gets so much uncomfortable in the hands of the potter, but when all is said and done, a beautiful image comes out. Amen. So... Whatever you have gone through in 2015, you had to go through it. And it was, there is a purpose behind it. But the same God that has brought it will make sure that you, one day you look back and say, no wonder I went through that thing. Hallelujah. So without much waste of time, let us just go to the Bible. I think... It's not much of a preaching, it's much of just talking and wrapping up the year. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, and we'll just read verse 8. Verse 8, it reads in this manner, I found, that's in Philippians 4, verse 8. It says, I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen. Twelve. Oh, it's verse twelve. Okay, but we are going to verse eight as well. Amen. Do you mind if we just read it both, all of us? Uh, verse 12. Let's start verse 12. Let me hear you, Sunday school class, a little bit louder. believe that is that you can do all things let's read verse 8 
Amen. Think on these things as we pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful at this point in time. You were there for us in January. And even throughout the winter, you were there. And right at the end, you are still here. And that is why we raise our hands just to thank you, dear God. There's been a lot of things that have happened this year. A lot of tornadoes that were engineered by the devil. But I'm glad to report that the believers are still standing. And for that, we are very much thankful, dear God. There isn't any year that can go by without challenges in the believer's life. It's a reality of the battle, dear God. But the beauty is that the one that started the battle will win every battle. And that is why this morning, I don't know much what 2016 holds, but the beauty is that we know who holds all these years. And the Lord, we are very much thankful, dear God. We're here to thank you, and we're not taking it for granted, dear God. What you have been to us throughout the year, it has been great. It has been a blessing. Lord, there were times when some believers were feeling that they were down and out. But you touched them, and they were re-strengthened. And that is why we can read this scripture and say, through Christ I can do all things. Because we believe and we have seen and we are the witnesses of this statement, dear God. Bless every man and woman in this building. Whatever challenges that they have, I know you are more than capable to make them to transcend beyond those challenges. We were were born to be victors. That's by predestination. You never predestinated us to be the victims. And this morning, we want to acknowledge the call of our lives to be victors in every area of our life. And we have read a portion of the scripture. I know you are your very own interpreter of your own word. As I committed the reading of the word, including myself, together with the church to you, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. Now, we are not going to be that much long. We just want to say a few things. I know some people are already traveling. Amen. Because it's the end of the year, the holiday season has commenced. How many love New Year's? How many love New Beginnings? Amen. You know, some people, I heard somebody saying, I'll translate it, it was spoken in vernacular, saying, Amen. Simply say, let the year that doesn't love me pass by. Hallelujah. And 
such people normally they would say that about 2015 and when 2016 comes then you wonder 2015 never loved you 2016 doesn't love you what guarantee that 2017 is going to love you but I've realized that a lot of times you can have a new year but with an old attitude and when you get into the new year with the old attitude, I can tell you the results of the old year are going to be in the new year. Hallelujah. So the problem is not uh, the digits in the year as they change. The problem is, could be the attitude. And this morning I want to speak about the right mental attitude. How many believe that attitude is very important in this life? Uh, you can wear a beautiful suit, but with an old attitude. Amen. You, and people, I think everyone would want to, there's always a feeling that you would want to change that area of your life or that area of your life. Are there any that ever felt such a need here? Amen. Amen. You wanted to change that area. uh, And that's why when we come to the end of the year, people have resolutions and they they write beautifully in their journals. I will stop doing this and that. But it is not so much about what you document in the journal. It is about the attitude. Hallelujah. Now, Paul says here, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, If there be any virtue, if there be any any praise, think on these things. Amen. Now, as we come to the year, I read a quotation and I would like to read it and I think it is still applicable uh, because it's from the prophet's mouth. It says in the message, Revelation chapter 4, verse 15, he says, Now, I want to say this before I start. I wish to each one of you all the most successful and blessful and healthy new year that I can wish to you. God be with you. May you grow both physically, spiritually, financially, materially. Everything that God can bring upon you I pray that he will do it. Hallelujah. That that was the prophet's wish, and that is my wish to you. Amen. Amen. And you know, when you say to believers, may you grow spiritually, then you get the loudest amen. Amen. May you grow physically is the loudest amen. May you grow financially, amen goes missing. (laughs) Hallelujah. And materially, and people say, materially, yes. You know, 
I looked at whenever Brother Branham conducted the discernment, he would get a person in front of him and he would say, I don't know what the need is. It could be marital, spiritual, financial, or material. Hallelujah. Why would the prophet phrase it in that way? It's because if God can just sustain you spiritually and not sustain you financially and materially, you may end up being a very spiritual crook. Uh, have you ever bumped into a spiritual crook that knows all the quotations but owes a lot of people money? Can't answer the phone whenever, because these days, goodness, they avoid private numbers. Hallelujah. But, but we say, let, let, let God, God must take care of you holistically. Not just a, a certain area of your life, but all areas of your life. Are we together? So as you go into the new year, it is going to be a mindset issue. If, if, you are, if you are attuned to God's blessings, you will receive God's blessings. Are we together? Because the state of your mind ultimately determines what your life attracts. If the mind is negative, it is going to attract negative things into your life. If the mind is positive, it is going to attract positive things into your life. Amen. And that is why, and, and you would wonder because it's very ironic that when this scripture was written by Paul, he was at that point in time in prison. While he was in prison, he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Hallelujah. Can you see, although physically he was in bondage, but mentally, he was free. Yes. And a lot of times, you've got people that are free physically, but mentally are bound. And that is why I don't think there is any best liberator in the end time except the message of the hour. Are we still together? Yes. The message of the hour liberates our thinking. It, it liberates, you know... A mindset of a message, not a typical message believer. I'm talking about a believer that understands what the message is all about. Yes. Hallelujah. Because you, you've got message believers that come into the message, but they are, they are even worse off than before they came into the message. They are so mentally bound. There's, there's negativity. There's judgmental spirit. There, there's a lot of things that are going on. But when I speak about a believer, a message believer, and a mindset of a message believer, I'm speaking about somebody that can speak like Jeremiah and say, I know you know God, God has purposed great things in my life. And whenever such a believer walks, he walks with a sense of ownership towards their own blessings. Hallelujah. You must remember, a blessing is not a lack. A blessing is predestinated. If God said he was going to bless you, he is going to bless you. Are we still together? And no one can reverse it. 
If God says, I'm going to bless you, it is unconditional. Are we still together? Now, the prophet says in this message, expectation. And as we go into the new year, I don't know what you expect. But if you aren't expecting anything, as the saying goes, that some people die at the age of 20, we only bury them at the age of 65. Hallelujah. Because if, if, you, if you are not expecting anything better, what are you living for? Uh, hallelujah. My, my view is that a Christian journey is a climbing journey. God has got to move you from a certain level to another level. Hallelujah. And that is why I often say in this church, if you keep on fighting the same demons that you fought in the yesteryear, chances are that you are not growing. Are we together? Because when you grow, for you to get to the next level, you've got to overcome at the level at which you operate. And when you get to the next level, that means hell must deploy new set of demons to fight you. That's why for believers that understand this, they will realize that 2016 might be a harder year than 2015. Not because God doesn't love them, but simply because God trusts them better. Are we together? Because when God trusts you, he tests you. Hallelujah. When you trust a student, you give them the most difficult test. So as we move in 2015, I can tell you, if you struggle with what you have struggled with in 2015, you are not growing. And any believer that does not grow is a liability in the kingdom of God. What testimony can we tell about your life? Because when all is said and done and we testify, the devil says, but what about that one? He has received what you preach, but he is not growing. She is not growing. So I say the day you become a believer, you must be subject to the law of growth. Hallelujah. You, 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 you need to, you cannot, I mean, if David could have just fought the bear and it could have ended there, there wasn't going to be much that we could speak about David. But to show that David was growing, he fought the bear, but later, then he fought the lion, later he fought Goliath to show that he was growing. Hallelujah. And, and, and as we got into the new year, never undermine the victories that God granted you in 2015. Praise God for those victories and say, God, I thank you. Because if David could have not praised God for killing the bear, he would have never killed the lion. And as a believer, learn to celebrate small victories. It may be insignificant to the next person, but to you it means the world. So start praising God and say, God, it was you, it was not me. And next time when you meet another problem, God will lift you higher and higher. And, and I say, let us change the mindset of undermining ourselves. Let, let us stop looking down at ourselves. We are the children of the Most High God. Our father is Melchizedek himself. Do you know that your God owns the entire universe? Looking down on yourself is not virtue. 
It's an insult to the kingdom of God. Because you are made in the image of God. You can never respect, undermine the image and respect the source of the image. I hope we are together. And I say, let us, let us go into a state of expectation. Yes, there is that problem. It will be resolved. Can you say that? Amen to that. It will be resolved. Oh, you say it's difficult. I've tried this. That's your own attitude. Change your attitude. And when you change the attitude, I can tell you, the attitude is, the, is an important ingredient in this life. You cannot do anything until the attitude is right. Expectation, he says, remember this. Never forget it. The right mental attitude towards any promise of God will bring it to pass. Do you believe that this morning? Rapture is a promise. But for it to be materialized, your attitude must be right. Look, look at Abraham when he was promised a, 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 a son. As the years progressed, the attitude got better. And what was Abraham's attitude? He said, if it, is, it never happened last year, and it happens next year, it will be even a greater miracle. The more time progressed, the greater the miracle it was going to be. 25 years later, he says, now it's going to be a miracle. Do you have such an attitude where you can wait upon the Lord? Even when nothing is happening but you say, oh God, I know that when it happens, it will be beyond human understanding. It will be beyond people's criticism. And people will acknowledge it is a miracle. Never ever be tired on waiting on the Lord. You are waiting at the right station if you are waiting upon the Lord. This year may pass and it must never happen. Wait for next year. If it does not happen next year, wait for the other year. But as long as he said it, it shall be time. Because the word of God shall never return to him void. It shall accomplish what it was sent for. The word of God shall never ever fail. Wait upon the word of the Lord. How many are waiting this morning? How many have got things that they've been waiting for? You told him about it and you waited. I say, keep on waiting. And as a matter of fact, begin to testify about what you're waiting for. It, it, it will look like you have lost your mind, but that is the right attitude. Abraham, to show that he was expecting, he had to buy pampas. And start preparing the baby room. Where's the court, Sarah? Let us decorate. Next year, let us decorate better. That other year, let us put some decoration. Why? Because to him, it was already materialized. Why? Because he looked into the unseen and saw the sun there. And the sun was waiting to be materialized.
materialize. Whatever you are waiting for is already there. You cannot see it, but by faith you can see it. And you just need to have the right mental attitude. The mindset is it's a great thing. You, you know you can be as poor as the church mouth. I don't know, churches are no longer poor these days. You can be as poor as can be, but walk like you own the heavens. It's, it's in the attitude. Until somebody who's rich and miserable looks and says, Why are you happy? You're a poor man. You say, No, 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 no. It is all in the mind. You can be sick this morning and walk like a healthy person. Are you here? You can be as sick and the doctor might have said something, but you can say, oh my, I feel healthy. Yes, the symptoms are there, but I feel healthy. And because God said it, I accept it. Are you, have you got the ability to act upon what you are about to receive even before you receive it? I'm told that even in companies, the top management normally promotes people that are like them. If the top management is wearing black shoes, well shine, you come with all-star, you're going to be in that position forever. You've got to dress based on where you are going, rather than based on where you are. So that means if he wants to be a director, while he's still a junitor, he works like a director. Greets people like a director. But he doesn't have the position, but he's got an attitude for the position. This morning I say, I may not be in a victorious position, but my attitude will be that of a victor. Until the demons and Satan say, hmm, do you know? Because when you confuse the devil, he says, be realistic. Tell me him that the world that I cannot see is more real than the one that I can see. Amen. And I think as we get into the new year, believers must change their vocabulary. There's a language that must be burned in the cycle of the message. A believer must never say certain words. Do you agree with me? Because how you say things determines how far you can go. And people think when you say I can't, that means there is virtue that Paul says through Christ. Through Christ. I, I. Not God. I, through Christ, I can, which shows I'm able to do that through Christ, all things. Do you believe that this morning? Not some things, all things. What if you woke up and knew that you could do everything? What would you do? There's a scripture. Through Christ, I can do everything. Now he says, 
I'm glad, Brother Mevin, you say amen because you managed to do some things through Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. I will never forget the testimony of our brother. Came into this country, didn't even know English at all, but registered and did an engineering courses in English. English speaking people failed them. He passed all of them. What happened? Through Christ, I can do everything. And I'm challenging you in 2016 never be a barren believer. Have a believer that can have a testimony. And for you to have a testimony, you must never shy away from the test. Because testimonies come out of tests. Walk into those tests. Can you imagine David when he got into the wilderness and saw Goliath? And while everybody's complaining, complaining, David must have realized that's my opportunity. That's my opportunity for a testimony. Even the king is afraid of him. But I'm not afraid of him. This is a test that will turn into a testimony. And the Bible says, David, run towards Goliath. Run towards your test. Don't ever avoid and run away from your test. Your test has got your DNA. You can never test my test. You can never stand in my test. If they can give me your test for a day, I'll crack. It doesn't have my DNA code. Do you know that? And you cannot take my test because they don't have your DNA code. And that's why, isn't it amazing that what people, if you hear somebody saying, I've got this problem and this problem, some of you walk away and say, those are not problems. To them, it's a problem. And even you, if you tell them, goodness, amen. I'm told that a person in Sentin and a person in Deep Sloop don't have the same problem. Because the one in Sentin uses the credit card to pay another credit card. And the one in Deep Sloop, when he hears, say, goodness, two credit cards, you are lucky. So every problem has got your DNA code. Let's continue. The right mental attitude towards any promise of God will bring it to pass. It doesn't take gifts of healing to heal the sick people. Do you hear? Don't wait for somebody that comes with a gift of healing. No. Any person in here has a right to meet Satan anywhere if you are a Christian and defeat him on any grounds that he could stand on. This is not for the pastor. Any person here has got a right to meet the devil anywhere as long as you are a Christian and defeat him on any ground where he could stand. This is an empowerment of some sort. Hallelujah. And I think the church has got to come to this level where it is not dependent on an individual. Where you can come to the pastor and say, Pastor, there was a problem. 
I'm at the table on this ground and I need to report. I dealt with him. I have got a testimony that I have resolved that matter. Hallelujah. Because what is happening, denominationalism has got a hierarchy. There are only certain people that can defeat the David. Hallelujah. And they become little Moriahs around themselves. No, this morning we say, any believer, anywhere, where he misses the table, he can defeat the table in those grounds. You say, Brother Mary, but does it apply to me when the weakest of the weakest of Christians goes down on their knees, the devil starts shivering. You've got that power as well. And if I was a believer this morning, I would say, God, let the devil not be afraid when he sees me with the pastor or with the child. Let him be afraid even when I come alone. Let him know that there is substance in me that can make him tremble whenever I come. And what is that substance? The life of Christ in a believer. Amen. The prophet says in the message, God commissioning Moses, he says, and one of the doctors said, well, I tell you, and maybe before I come there, let me give you what the prophet spoke about. He says, I was called into an emergency room. And when I got there, I found a boy who was on his deathbed, connected to various machines. And it says, when I got there, I prayed. And after I prayed, I turned around and said to the father, your boy is going to be okay. And it says, the doctor that was there said, don't mislead this family. This boy is getting worse. They say, I don't care, say, but God told me, and it is thou, says the Lord, the boy is going to be okay. And the prophet left the room, and the nurse came into the room. He says, as the machines they were busy beeping and so forth, the father was just going around the room saying, my boy is going to be okay. Glory to God. My boy is going to be okay. Glory to God. And now, the nurse was looking at the father and looking at the machine and saying, sir, maybe you don't understand. The, the graphs there, they indicate that any time your son would be dead. And the father says, praise be to God. You, my daughter, you were trained to look at the instrument. You can interpret the instrument. But I know something that is bigger than an instrument, and that is the word of God. And the prophet said, my son is going to be okay. Praise be to God. And the boy never became better, became worse. Because you must remember, things have got to get worse so that God can get take the glory. Are you with me? Tell your neighbor, things have got to get worse. They've got to get worse. They've got to be disorderly. But from that, God is going to take pleasure. That's why when you are a believer, you don't look at the condition of things. You look at the one that made a promise. When things become worse, you keep on praising yourself, God. I know. I know. I will come out of the situation as a victor. 
when God promises something, they get better immediately. No! If we pray for you, you'll get sicker and sicker. And Brother Bram says, it's because it's the last kick of a dying horse. And at that moment, your attitude will determine the results. He says, one of the doctors said, well, I tell you, I find this, that the greatest power in the world is not the atomic bomb, but a believer who is in contact with his maker. Do you hear what is the most dangerous thing upon the face of the earth? It's not Satan. It's not cancer. It's not Russia. It's not atomic bomb. It's not a nuclear bomb. But a believer who has come in contact with his maker, that's the most dangerous person. Wow, we have learned. As Brother Brenham read the other time, and I think Masuma touched on the continent, quotation, when you yield yourself and fully surrender to the word of God, you become as omnipotent as God is omnipotent. What does it mean to be omnipotent? The, the almighty. Does, is that what it means? Brother, I'm say man is omnipotent. Amen. This morning you are omnipotent. Amen. But what makes, what limits you? Your attitude. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's like having a, a driver, a, 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 a license of being an astronaut, but enjoying driving on the N4. And you think you have made it. Hallelujah. And I see believers have got a license to be astronauts. But they are so happy to be on the national road. I'm the best driver on the N4. No, you don't belong on the N4. You belong beyond the heavenly bodies. You are an eagle. And sometimes, let me tell you something. How do we put this one? <laughs> when you go in life, you must, naturally you must always stick with your peers. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't stick with your peers, I'll tell you what's the problem. Mm. And he who keeps company with wise men become wise. And he who keeps company with foolish men, he faces destruction. How do we put it like this? You've got to check who you measure yourself against. Because if you measure yourself with wrong people, you think you may think you have arrived only to find that you have not even started. You know that it does happen. Amen. So you've got to, uh, I don't know how, how uh, I want it to sound very uh, pulpit oriented. That's why I I need to wait a way to, to phrase it. Okay, we'll give it, we'll give it to what it is. If 
okay, if you are a scientist and you don't hang out with scientists, you hang out Lebumadiba, you will think you are the best scientist upon the face of the earth. Because you will end up speaking formulas that are wrong because as we are not able to decode those, interpret those formulas, we get impressed and say, yeah, this is the Einstein of the hour. But the day you get into the cycle of real scientists, they say, where have you been? Do you know that since that discovery, there was another discovery that negated the discovery that you have? Hallelujah. That's why when you are a pastor, you need to stick to other pastors. Because if you don't stick to other pastors, you may think you are a super pastor, but the day you come across others, you realize, goodness, I've been left behind. Are you with me? When you are an eagle, and you stick around with chickens, you will think that you are the best in that group. Because why? You are just able to fly from the ground onto the rooftop and look down on the other chickens and they admire and say, goodness. <laughs> but when you are with other eagles, you go beyond the clouds. And when you are there, you meet the storm. And you turn the storm into a tool to sustain your flight. Then you are an eagle. Are you here this morning? And some believers hang out with chickens and they think that they are super eagle. No, say, go higher. And sometimes we need to check how you behave under trials. It tells us what makeup is in you. Because an eagle doesn't fly where it's sunny. It goes into a rainy cloud. When airplane, when it goes into it, it hits turbulences, but not the eagle. The more it is the more it flies. Are you an eagle this morning? Who are you Are you comparing yourself with other eagles? So as we get into the new year, remember you are an eagle. And the higher you go, the further you see. And the better you see. When an eagle is close to the ground, it doesn't have a panoramic view. It wants to go higher. And when it is up there in the sky, it's able to identify a fish in the water. That's an eagle. And sometimes the reason your vision is cloudy is because you really fly at a lower altitude. You've got no better view. And maybe some of you, you know that as we get into the new year, there are some relationships that you've got to delete. Not improve, delete. And how do you delete them? If I'm an eagle and I fly, you know an eagle enjoys the altitude. As I am flying and enjoying while sailing up in the sky and I just see funny looking birds around me, I don't debate with them and say, are you really an eagle or what? 
show me a quotation so that I can show you a quotation. No, 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 no. If I'm a real idiot, I just increase my altitude. If they follow me, I keep on going. And if they follow me, I know that, brothers, how are you? You only brothers can come to this level. Only sisters can come to this level. And when somebody comes to visit you sometime, just say, you know, I was reading this spoken word. It blessed my heart. Here's the quotation. Let me read it for you. If they look bored, disengaged, you know it's a no, 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 no. It's a hawk in a long dress. You've got to test things. Don't accept things for the... You've got to test things. I always tell students, whenever I speak to students, say, the way, the best way to terminate relationships that don't add value in your life, when a friend comes through the gate, just pretend like you are busy. Take all the school books, put them, spread them on the table. When they walk in and say, yes, I'm glad you are here. Take that book, I need you to read something so that I can summarize it. Then you know what they will say? Every time they think of you, but you are bored. They don't come to you. And only people that add value to your life come to you. But you believers, the problem sometimes, you lower your altitude to accommodate people. You talk about things that you would never talk about just to accommodate somebody. And you know what it does? It pollutes your attitude. It compromises your thinking. Do you think if you visit a, 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 a nurse, is it NASA employee, and he tells you that yesterday we just discovered that there is a new planet next to planet Mars. And you say, hey, you know the woman down the road, she's got a problem with Togolosh. <laughs> she'll just, with spectacles, and say, come on. Conversations take place at certain levels. And the best way to know at level, at which level you gravitate, check your conversations. I'm glad that there were people that came to your mind as I was preaching. So that means you are being answered as I'm preaching. We're not preaching to, to woods here. We're preaching to people. Amen. Whatever came to your mind, fix it, you know. Amen. Let's look at attitude. Jesus preaches a wonderful gospel to a family. They leave their church. They come into the church of Jesus. They praise God. Miracles are happening. This Messiah is a real Messiah. 
Jesus leaves the family, goes further with his ministry. A brother in the family who is the breadwinner, Lazarus, gets sick. They send a message to Jesus. He goes further away. And while he had gone further away, Lazarus died. They even send a message, message, our brother is dead. He even goes further until they arrange a burial, a burial without a pastor. And they bury without a pastor. And the people that they had left their church were there to console them that your pastor is missing. But we are here to offer our support. Four days later, after they had buried the brother, there comes Jesus in the street. When he comes, Martha hears that the Messiah is in the street. And she comes out and rushes to Jesus and goes and kneels down before him and worships him. How do, how do you worship a man after, after he has gone missing when you needed him most? Hallelujah. And, and while they are there, Jesus says, Thy brother shall rise again. After Martha had said to him, We know that thou art the son of the living God. We know that thou art Christ. Even after you have gone missing, we still know thou art Christ. Our revelation of you is not conditional. Yes, you are not there during the burial, but yes, you are still here. Can you identify with that? How many of us would have said, mm -hmm. we left our church for this man. Where was he when the brother was sick? But not Martha. No, we know that thou art the son of God. Thou art Christ. And Jesus says, thy brother shall rise again. And mother says, we know that every day, the last day, when the resurrection takes place, my brother shall rise. Jesus says, I am the truth, the way, and the resurrection. Where, where have you laid him? Can you see the attitude of a believer towards their maker? Some of you, when money runs dry in the bank, you hate God. Not, and subconsciously you are simply saying, God is your money. Some you worship him only when you are healthy. The moment you are sick, you say statements that believer should never make. But not Martha say, we know. Thou art Christ, the son of the living God. Until it provoked his sense of identity. Where have you laid him? Before they got to the grave or the tomb, the attitude was supposed to be right. And before God can take you out of whatever condition you are in, fix the attitude. Have the right attitude. Are you here? 
Brother Bram says in the message, the resurrection of Lazarus, paragraph 87. Now look, Martha had read that story. She knew if God was in Elijah, surely he would be in his son. Her brother was dead. But she wanted to see Jesus. Here she goes. She didn't come out to scold him. She came out to worship him. She came running out and she fell down at his feet. Now watch how she approaches God. She fell down at his feet to worship him. Not to scold him because he didn't come to do what she wanted to do. She came right. She came in the right mental attitude. That's the way you've got to come. You've got to come to him that way in the same right mental attitude. What about that lady whose boy was afflicted with venereal disease? And she looked at her son and went to read into the scripture and read about that woman that Elijah came to pray for her son. And this woman said, where's my Elijah? Her right mental attitude towards that scripture made Elijah to be materialized. While an aeroplane was about to take off, a pilot makes an excuse and says, ladies and gentlemen, we won't be able to take off because of this or that reason. Hallelujah. The plane will be delayed. It was not a mechanical failure. It was not the weather conditions. But it's because somebody in their little room their attitude towards the scripture was the right mental attitude. And the plane was grounded and a man of God disembarked from the, the plane and said, let me take a walk. He didn't know where he was going, but faith was pulling him towards a certain direction. He went this way and the spirit in him said, turn left. He said, I don't know where I was going. But I was just taking a walk. As he was taking a walk, there was a woman leaning on a fence. On a gate. She had an expectation. She had read the scripture. She saw God moving in the scripture. And something told her, it is not a historical God. And while she was there, she was waiting for the same Elijah that she had read about to walk out of the pages of the Bible. And there comes a man. As he was walking past, the woman said, Good morning, person. He turns out, How did he know that I am a pastor? He said, Ma'am, do you know me? He said, No, I was praying. After I had read the scripture about Elijah, she knew that he was Elijah, even though the religious community never knew that. Yes. Yes. 
the right mental attitude will make you to extract the things in the scripture that ministers know nothing about. And the prophet walked in and saw the boy and prayed for the boy and the boy was healed and Brother Branham walked back to the airport and the, the plane flew away. What grounded that plane? An attitude of a believer. This morning, I don't know what you need, but the devil can be grounded as long as your attitude towards the scripture is the right mental attitude. Do you know how the prophet say in you there is a power that can create new heavens and earth? Did you hear me very well? In you. Yes, you. There is enough power to create new heaven and earth. And this morning we are here to help you activate that power. You have been powerless in 2015. But as we move into 2016, we want you to be an amateur creator. That can speak things and things can materialize. Do you believe that this morning, church? You were predestined to be a son and a daughter of a king. You must never be deprived of anything. No, no, no. You've got to know. And have you ever seen somebody that knows that that thing is mine? Even at workplaces. Do you know there are people that walk into a a company as if it's their company? Have you ever met such people? They, They just have certain attitude around them like this is our company. Even when you suggest something, say, we don't do it like that here. This is our company. That's the attitude that you've got to have towards God's promises. That's my attitude. That's that's my promise. God promised and God died that I should have it. Let me believe it. Let me act upon it. Then it it will be so. Amen. But many of us, we think acting like a victim it brings virtue in God. No, God deals with victors, not, vi- not victims. So stop being a victim and start being a victor. You are a conqueror. And the prophet said, this weight will defeat the devil anywhere, anytime, and under any conditions. You've got something you've got something that the devil doesn't the world does not have. If I was you, I was gonna be happy this morning. Say God, thank you for making the way available to me. Are we still here? Amen. The prophet says. I think this will be in closing from me. In the message, you must be born again. Paragraph 195. He says, won't you do that? Won't you receive him like that? That's my persuasion to you on this New Year's Eve. I persuade this little tabernacle how I love you, how I love this little group of people, 
how I would like to come in some time and walk through this building and just look. You know what? I've always longed to see a church filled with a spirit that sin could not even be around. As soon as one member has done something wrong, the spirit will call it out. He would be afraid to join himself with the Christians before confessing it and making it right because he would be called right out at the meeting when we get together. You see, wouldn't that be lovely? The unclean come in and sit down among you. The first thing you know, the Holy Spirit speaks in such a way that reveals the secrets of their heart. See, telling them, now if it will work on one, it will work on the other. And everybody in prayer... And all of you as one unit, one person, just one person, like we are all members of this body moving right along, all born again of the Spirit of God, filled with the same Spirit, baptized into the same body. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We can have it. God promised it. And first, death, burial, and resurrection with him. That's our desire when we say, Merry Christmas and prosperous new year. God bless you richly. Brasbo, we can just say it's a right. I think it's the right one as we wrap up the year. Amen. How many are thankful this morning?
I don't know whether can we sing higher ground without any lyrics. Amen. How many don't need a projector to sing? And how many need a projector to sing? We'll lay hands on you. Amen. This bring it.
Amen. As we pray, our precious Heavenly Father God, O Lord, we could not have asked for a better place to be right now, O Lord. Father God, in your presence, O God, we are filled with joy this morning, O God. Father God, we say thank you, O God. O Lord, we come before you, O God. Father God, and again, O Lord, if it had not been, O God, that you looked through the eyes of love, O God, what would have been become of us, O Lord? Father God, we come and we say thank you for this message, O God. Father God, you came and you spoke, O God. Father God, you came and, we enc- and you encouraged us, O God. Father God, like that woman with the blood issue, O God, pushing through, O God, the crowd, O God. No matter, O God, what and who may be, be in front, O God, or trying to hinder, O Lord. Father God, but still she pressed through, O God. Father God, and the songs that we sing today, O God. Father God is our testimony, O God, of where you've brought us through this year, O God. Father God, but ultimately, O God, where you're still taking us, O Lord. Father God, because, O Lord, you helped us to conquer, O Lord. Father God, when we say you are the mighty conqueror, O Lord. Father God, we testify that, O God. And we can stand, O God, and we say it, O God. Father God, because we believe it, O God. Because we are living testimonies this morning, O God. Father God, come, O Lord. Father God, as we go to our different destinations, O God. Father God, that destination. That attitude, O God, Father God, come and create the right attitude in us, O God. Father God, O Lord, because, O Lord, you said it, O God. Your prophet said it, O God. The right mental attitude to your promises, O God. Anything is possible, O Lord. Father God, we come, O God, and we go and possess the gates of the enemy, O God, with the right mental attitude today, O Lord. Father God, we are overcomers today, O Lord, because you said so, Lord. We say thank you, O Lord. Father God, bless our precious pastor now, Lord. Father God, we pray, O God, restore the virtue, O Lord, that left him, O God. Father God, we pray, O God, for each and every believer here tonight, O God. Father God, that you'd move, O God. Father God, and that you'd, O Lord, just, Father God, just keep us, O God, until we meet again next year, O God. Father God, that you'd, O Lord, just be with us on the roads, O God. Father God, and O Lord, in everything that we do, O God, may you, O God, find the glory, O God. May, Father God, you be lifted up, O God. We say thank you now lord we pray every day oh lord in jesus mighty name oh god we say thank you lord amen amen we are back here on the third of january amen third of january we are back here and then those that need a transport brother musabi Brother Dibali, Brother Matlangu there will assist you with transport to the convention in Mamilodi. And may God richly bless you abundantly. And then pray for us as we are going to Zimbabwe. And then till we meet. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly. You can do us the honor by coming here. Two, three songs will do. Then we are done for 2015. Amen. Let's see what 2016 holds. God bless you.
let's just do one more. Yeah. 
Oh, uh-huh.